welcome to episode 65 of Shimmy Cast, the podcast for dancers and fans of Middle Eastern dance. This week I have interviews from attendees of the Tribal Workshop in Springfield, Missouri. We have event announcements, the question of the week, two reviews, one of the DVD, The Bollywood Dance Workout, and the other is the CD, Bala Habibi, Volume 4. Uh, this week's music is from Follick and Hayes, so let's get started. What makes a good belly dance teacher? Ellen post, Aline posted, I've been tossing this question around in my head for a good while now. As a dancer of four years, I wonder how does someone make the transition to teacher? I don't want any students to have to be my guinea pigs, but on to the question. I prefer teachers who know a little something about the belly dance community. They don't need to name drop, but it's helpful if a teacher knows at least the basics about different styles, varied workshops, and other teachers. The worst teacher I've, I've had acted as if her style and her teaching was the only way. Eesh. A simple Google search will tell any student that is simply not true. And I couldn't agree more. Um, I think it's very helpful when a teacher knows the belly dance community and um, they they need to know the basics of the different styles. And I think that a teacher should be able to say to you, I practice this style myself, but so-and-so in the next city does teach that style that you're asking about, and she's a wonderful instructor. Um, I also... Uh, kind of along those same lines and something I have been thinking about more recently is I also want a teacher to admit when they don't know something. Um, but I appreciate, you know, I appreciate it when they say, you know, I don't know the answer to that. Like if I ask a question about style or history or something and they say, I don't know the answer, but I will find that answer for you. Or, you know, I, I don't know the answer, but email so-and-so or go look at such-and-such such website because it'll probably be there, you know. Um, and, and you can, you know, I, I like it when they, if they don't know and they can point me in a direction to find it for myself. And I get very irritated when I find out I've been given the wrong information because not everybody can know everything, so it's fine to admit that you don't know something. And now your ShimmyCast news. November 23rd through December 15th, the Billy Dance Superstars will be having various workshops and shows in New York, Slovenia, Ontario, Quebec, Germany, Mississippi, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Venezuela. November 23rd, Naj of the Billy Dance Shop presents Delina in two-hour workshops in Phoenix, Arizona. November 28th through the 30th, four tribal fusion workshops with Samantha Hosthorpe of the UK in Switzerland. November 29th, Middle East Music Ensemble, a free concert of traditional Arab music. 6 p.m. at International House of the University of Chicago in Chicago, Illinois. December 3rd, The Art of Taksim with Shahana in Glen Ellen, Illinois. December 6th through 7th, 
Oriental and Funky Fusion with Yasmin in Houston, Texas. December 10th, Turns and Traveling, Using the Stage with Shehena in Glen Ellen, Illinois. December 13th, Latifah's Second Saturday Workshop, North African Dance Sampler in Millersville, Maryland. December 14th, Belly Dance and All That Jazz, a Sunday showcase at Cecil's, hosted by Morgana, West Orange, New Jersey. December 14th through the 24th, or the, excuse me, December 14th through the 21st, Perfection in Paradise, Travel with Hedia to Acapulco, Mexico. December 17th, Intermediate to Advanced Vale with Shahina in Glen Ellen, Illinois. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. This week's first review is the Bollywood Dance Workout with Himalaya, reviewed by Nala Rabari. The DVD is divided into seven chapters. Warming, Playtime Begins, Footwork, Now We're Hot, Ground Play, Playful Dance, and Cool It Down. In their introduction, Himalaya explains that Bolly, what Bollywood is and what type of dancing it encompasses, and she describes the type of movements that are going to be learned in the program. She also explains that no previous dance experience is required to use this DVD. In the warm-up, there's no explanation of stance to start with. She just jumps right in with shimmies, although these aren't your normal belly dance shimmies. And she doesn't explain how to shimmy. She just tells you to do it. <laughs> I do like that she includes facial stretches in the warm-up. At times, the instructions are a little behind the movement on the screen. The Playtime Begins chapter concentrates on hip, torso, and spine movements, and this section really just seemed more like a continuation of the warm-up section because of the lack of instruction. During the footwork chapter, they spent too much of the time showing face and torso shots instead of angles of the feet. I liked that during this section, they had the two backup dancers doing slight variations so viewers could get ideas of different arm movements to use. I also felt like in this section, she used some great analogies for the movements, such as feeding the chickens and the gorilla walk. The Now We're Hot chapter is for working the legs, although I felt like we had been working the legs pretty much through the whole program up to this point. <laughs> the next chapter is ground play. They go over the foundation of the Bagara bounce, but they don't really explain that's what you are doing. She then demonstrates a full-on Bangara bounce, and only after she has done this, she cautions people with knee problems not to do it, and that everyone should only try it if they feel their body can handle it. After this, there is a transition to getting on the floor where the movements are more a set of ab crunch variations. Playful dance is just Himalaya without her assistance. This section seems to move a little faster than the other segments, if that's even possible. <laughs> this section, more than the others, felt like you were just dancing to have fun rather than trying to work out, and I really liked that. The cooldown was nice and relaxing, and I really welcomed the stretching poses at this point. 
Bonus material includes other DVDs offered by ASEA, workout with just music or music and instruction, and two performances. One is a solo by Himalaya, and the other is a trio with her friends. I love the trio performance because it looks like three friends having a slumber party and just having a good time dancing. Viewers who are new to dance might struggle with the lack of in-depth instruction during the first few uses. For instance, she tells you to take four steps, but she leaves out the instructions that these four steps are in a circle around yourself. She seems to think viewers will rely on watching the video for this information, so dancers who are better with verbal instructions might get frustrated. Another aspect that beginning dancers might struggle with is when she often asks you to just let your arms do whatever you like. As an instructor, I noticed that a lot of times beginning dancers do better when they are given specific instructions because they often don't have enough experience to be able to just free themselves up to move any way they like. So if you are the type of dancer who often thinks, I don't know what to do when I'm told to do whatever I'd like, I'd suggest just mimicking what the dancers on the DVD are doing. Advanced and beginning viewers might struggle with the speed depending on the individual fitness level since all movements in this program are rather bouncy and it takes a lot of endurance to bounce for 50 minutes. And depending on the viewer's tastes, Himalaya's voiceover could, seem, could be seen as annoying, over-the-top enthusiasm, but I personally liked it. I think the main thing to remember is that this is intended to be a workout DVD and not an instructional DVD. Yes, there is a difference, and the main difference is that there normally isn't a lot of instructions given in workout DVDs, and they expect you to just watch a mimic. There's also not a lot of bonus material, which could have been rather entertaining, such as a tour of India and explaining more in depth the history of um, Bangara, Bangara dancing in Bollywood. I was also disappointed that they did not include the information for the music used in this production, as I really liked it and was interested in my own copy. On the whole, if you are looking for an instructional DVD, I would not recommend this product. However, if you are looking for a really good and strenuous workout video, this might be your cup of tea. This week's first song is Electric Butterfly from the album Evolution by Follick. Thank you. 
second review is Baila Habibi, Volume 4, reviewed by Nala Rabari. This CD is the first volume of the Bio Baila Habibi collection produced by Time Zone. The roughly 35-minute CD has 12 tracks featuring artists such as Gypsy Kali, Imra, and Despini Vendi. The tracks included on this project all sound like modern American pop songs, except for the part where most of the songs aren't sung in English. The majority of tracks are walking tempo or faster. The songs have a nice sampling of styles, with some sounding like they are Egyptian, Gypsy, Latin, Greek, or Turkish influence. Most tracks are around three to four minutes long, and since the songs sound a lot like American pop, Western audiences will probably enjoy performances to any of the songs on this CD. The liner notes also list other CDs by time zone with photos of their artwork. My favorite tracks are Onda Buena, Bye to Mimonum, known to Americans as Sting's Every Breath You Take, and Volente Marzimte. Emails and feedback. Um, so I have some email correspondence to share with you all. Um, I've been emailing with Cara Mia in Pennsylvania, and she did give me permission to share her situation with all of you in case it can help any of you. Um, she had sent me a link to the video of her first performance, which I thought was fantastic. Then about a week later, she emails me that she needs my help because she didn't know what to make of a situation. She says, my first performance was wonderful. It was great. People were cheering. It was almost like a dancer's high. Anyway, they asked me to come back and dance at the venue again. They were going to pay me or they were paying me. And it was nothing like the first performance. There were like five people there, and I didn't really get much of a clap. Thank golfers applause. The people at the second performance were definitely not belly dancers, just patrons. I felt a total lack of enthusiasm for the second performance. I had more trouble smiling. Is this normal? Do you usually get more ramped up when you dance in front of a belly dance crowd? Ugh, I feel like I totally sucked the second time around. Most of it was improv. Do you ever do improv when you dance at a paid event? Not getting any feedback from tonight's performance is the hardest part. I don't even know how I did. I think this was one of your questions of the week. Would you rather dance for a crowd of belly dancers or a non-belly dance crowd? I say belly dance crowd all the way. I liked the challenge of performing for other performers. I also really appreciated the tips, suggestions, and feedback from other dancers. I was way more nervous in front of the professional dancers and my teachers, especially since I'm a newbie. I love the energy and the enthusiasm at a belly dancer's belly dance event. Dancing for the non-belly dance crowd would be a great way to practice in front of an audience and try to get them as excited about the dance as I am. Well, who am I kidding? Either way, I love to dance. <laughs> so, um, my reply to her was, <laughs> first of all, I was so sorry her second performance didn't go well, but she shouldn't be so hard on herself, and the outcome 
it, you know, could be for a number of reasons. Um, it often happens that non-dancers don't know how to react to seeing belly dancers. And odds are, that was all it was, and it had nothing to do with her performance at all. Um, especially if people are seeing belly dance for the first time, a lot of times it's like, I do, do I clap? Do I, I, I <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. And especially if it's not, if it's a date, you know, the guy doesn't want to look at you because he's with this other girl and the girl doesn't want to be looking at you because you know, she might be thinking you're prettier than she is, so that's a bad situation. Um, and it can be very hard to keep trying to smile and engage the audience when they don't seem to be enjoying the show. Um, and that is something that you have to practice handling. When I'm in a situation like that, I try to concentrate on someone in the audience who does seem to be enjoying themselves. Or, you know, at that point, you just have to tap into your inner happiness that you are dancing and that you love what you're doing. Um, other things to think about are perhaps how to prevent that situation. Um, you can try to prepare by making sure you pick appropriate music and costuming and moves for the venue you're going to be at. Um, I also suggest taking someone with you when you perform. It's a good rule for safety's sake, for one. But it can also help in cases like this because they can help get the audience enthused. Um, if they have seen you perform enough times and if they've been around enough performances, they can kind of gauge from an outside perspective, okay, is this crowd just not into it or does this crowd not know how to be into it and if they get a sense that it's just this crowd doesn't know how to react then they can start clapping for you and zigarreting for you and try to get the other the rest of the audience involved and show them that it's okay for them to make noise and to be appreciative of you dancing it also guarantees you some feedback when you get off stage you can go to whoever you took to the performance with you and say okay was it me was it the audience was it a combination what worked what didn't work you know what did I do good what did I do bad um as far as her questions about improv none of our troop routines are improv um they're they're all choreographed all of my solos are half choreographed and half improv um, I have specific moves that I like at certain parts, um, but then I also like the freedom to mix things up with improv, too. Um, and improv is another thing that you have to practice at, and it can be hard. Um, oftentimes, being, oftentimes uh, beginning improv dancers end up going back to just a few moves over and over, and their routines end up looking a little boring. Um, and you can avoid this by practicing improving, but also at home, try videotaping yourself and analyzing afterwards to see if you are too repetitive in your moves and find close friends and family to invite to your home to perform improv for them and get their feedback before you go dance at a public venue. 
And I, I know it feels crappy when you've been in a situation like that and you don't feel like you, like the audience appreciated you for all the hard work that you did, but you have to keep your chin up. There will always be other performances and other audiences. And somebody somewhere is going to love what you're doing and enjoy watching you and understand how much you love dancing and they'll feel that love and be appreciative of it and they will show that appreciation to you as well for sharing it with them. Um, so I would love to hear other people's input on the subject or to know, you know, is, is this something you've struggled with yourself and how did you overcome it? So if you have any comments, suggestions, or feedback, send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com. Post on our forum at shimmycast.blogspot.com. So this week's interview is with attendees of the Tribal Workshop in Springfield, Missouri that I went to um, a few weeks ago. And I want to tell you guys, you're going to hear music in the background, but... Um, these interviews were recorded during intermission. They had music going on for us to, you know, keep partying to. But I didn't want you guys thinking that I was interviewing people during the stage show. <laughs> okay. So, um, your dance name and where you're from. My dance name is Sadat. And how long have you been dancing? I've been dancing for four and a half years now. Okay. And how would you classify your style? Usually I'm Egyptian cabaret, modern Egyptian, but I kind of went outside of my box this time and did some tribal fusion and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and I just, I loved your piece because it seemed like even at times you had the bats of your eyelashes choreographed. Was that on purpose? You know, um, I did choreograph this piece, which usually I'm an improvisational when I do cabaret. Um, I worked really hard on it. You know, there was a lot of emotion put into this dance. There was a lot of angst that went into this dance because of everything that's happened over the past year. So I think that just kind of comes out when right. everything goes right and the mood is there. It just kind of comes out. Yeah. So. And remind me what the song was again. It is Off With Your Head, and it's by an Australian artist named Misanthropic. Yeah, and I was just, you had me mesmerized, because like I said, it was like you had every part of your body was dancing with you. I mean, up, up all Thank the way you. to your eyelashes. Thank it was you. fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Good. And um, do you do any prop work? I do. I dance with the sword quite a bit. Um, yeah. The sword is actually the thing that people request me to dance with the most like my instructor and my troop director she always like do your sword do your sword so I love doing prop work but sometimes I get tired of doing prop work too so it's kind of nice to do something a little different right. every now and then right exactly we'll get it later um so um what is your favorite move my favorite move is probably a Maya. I love Mayas. I think they're so sensual, and you can do them fast, you can do them slow, you can do them over a shimmy, up, down, level change. I just love the Maya. It's yeah. probably my favorite move. Yeah. What move maybe have you struggled with in your career? Probably the move that I struggled with the most, which is surprising because my beginners get it really quickly, is the down to up 
undulation or body wave. <gasps> Me too. The sit tuck roll. Yes. I have. I had such a hard time with that one. That and the three quarter shimmy were my two nerve wracking moves whenever I was a beginner. Yeah, yeah. But you finally conquered them. Yeah, I finally conquered them. Um, you know, it took me about a year to actually get the down to up undulation, and now I put it in my choreography all the time because I love it because <laughs> it looks so cool. And the three quarter shimmy, it probably took me about seven months to master that one. Yeah, yeah. Aside from the piece that you perform to, um, what music is inspiring you right now? Um, I like a lot of the steampunk move movement that's going on in music right now. I like some goth music. I like dark music. I like old music from the 40s, 50s, oh, you yeah. know, big bands, that whole Billie Holiday, you know, blues yeah. era. I love all that kind of music. So I get my inspiration from a lot of different areas, but Arabic music is still my first love and always will be. Yeah. What um, would you like to tell any beginners or any people out there who maybe are thinking about trying to dance for the first time? Dive right in, find a great teacher, and just do it. You know, don't doubt yourself. Um, you can learn, practice, drill, drill, drill. That's what I tell my students, especially with your shimmies. And you'll get it. And it, it comes from the heart, and it finds you. I really believe that belly dance finds you when you need it. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. And again, beautiful performance. I loved it. Thank you so much. So um, your dance name and your troupe and where you're from. My dance name is Akaya. Uh, the troupe I dance with is the Carmesi Group. We're associated with Red Moon Tribe. Um, we're from here in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. And how long have you been dancing? I've been dancing for approximately two and a half years. Great. And how did you get started? Um, Ziva offers um, first dance free. Our instructor offered the first dance free and was teaching through um, Ozark Technical College. I thought it would be a good break from what else I was doing. From all your studies. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, what move have you enjoyed the most so far? My favorite move yeah. um, would probably be doing a snake arm drop to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what move has challenged you the most? Challenged me the most. Getting my hips and my chest to go into opposite directions at the same time. <laughs> the oppositions, they're always right. tough. They're always tough. Now, you performed tonight. What was the song that you danced to? The song we danced to is called Mummer's Dance by Lorena McKennett. Yes. And you were just so adorable on the stage. I have to tell you, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you were connecting with the audience so well, and it really impressed me. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Do you find it easy to connect with the audience, or do you kind of have to force yourself? Do you suffer a little stage fright? I suffer a lot of stage fright. It makes me very nervous. But you couldn't tell. You really yeah. tell. I realize even the professionals get nervous. So yeah, yeah. Have you started practicing with props yet? Yes, I actually sword dance, um, hoping to learn some more. But sword dance at this point. Yeah. Is that your favorite so far? That is my favorite. Yeah. Is there another prop that you'd like to pick up? At the moment, no. I really haven't used a whole lot else. <laughs> but we'll see what else is in the future for me. Great. What music is currently inspiring you? Music. Um, some of the techno, some of the more gothic type music. I would say Arielle is one of my favorite dancers, uh, yeah. so her yeah. style. Oh uh, yeah, she has fabulous music, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, what about your costume? Where do you like to shop for your costumes? Do you like to put them together yourself? Yes, I end up making most all my costume. Yeah. Here's a tough question: coins, sequins, or mirrors? In the costume. Depends on the dance. <laughs> You're a girl after my own heart. I say throw them all in. <laughs> there you go. Um, what 
advice would you give to other beginners who maybe aren't sure they should take belly dance? I would just encourage them to keep trying. It's taken, it's taken me two and a half years to get um, even as good as I am, and that's not much. So I just oh, no. encourage everybody to keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's for the fun of it. Yeah. Well, it was fabulous, and I enjoyed watching you a lot. Thank you so much for sharing your dance with us. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. For now, it's time for the question of the week. This is another listener-submitted question. Where is the strangest place you've worked on a costume? And to answer, you can send an email to shimmycast@gmail.com or go to our form board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And the last music pick for this week is the song Horace Funk from the album Electro Cairo by Hayes, provided by Iota Promonet. Um, I hope you all enjoy, and until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.